Golden West Radio now brings you the Lawn and Garden Journal. Get your questions ready. Our toll-free line is open at 1-800-374-3315. Now, here's your host, Carla Hersena from St. Mary's Nursery and Garden Center. Good morning, everyone. It is the Lawn and Garden Journal, May 13th, Mother's Day weekend. There's so much happening because, yes, we're even getting closer to being in the garden. It is a beautiful day after that little bit of a torrent of rain that we had. Yes, it was a river of water here at the nursery on Wednesday when that crack of thunder kept going as we were unloading semis of trees. Oh, then came the hail, then came the rain, then came the wind. It was gusty, but take a look around you. The hue of the trees is turning green. Those buds are swelling. They're getting ready to come forth. And it looks so much greener out there. Yes, even the grass is turning a little bit of a different shade. And yes... There's a little sign of some dandelions happening. Oh, no. But it's our trees that are welcoming and waking up with this extra moisture in the ground. And it is the beauty of a tree that we see. What is a tree? Well, what is a tree? What is a tree? Well, doubtless he who dwells in the city streets by choice may never know. But souls that breathe expanding life outdoors knows trees as brothers, friends, and feel a glow with kindred fellowship and common voice. Yes, bees do know, and birds have made their trees their lifelong homes. And what is near or more intimately than our home? What is a tree, the soul of him? whose budding leaves and blossoms in the spring bespeak creation, whose shade in summer cools the burning heat of life and brings us peace, whose bronzing colors in autumn landscape glow with pride of fruitfulness, his bounty, man's maturity, whose bare arms in winter steadfast hold against the ice and storms of life when court courage sags when green and sap of youth have lost their bold firm power and interest lags what is a tree oh yes i know tis him tis his own way to speak his majesty his voice his power his love his mystery that is a tree Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to the Lawn and Garden Journal. It is Mother's Day weekend. And I think at the garden centers, when you go out, find your garden center that you go to. Enjoy it. It's a great place to take mom and the family to see, to get involved with gardening. And if she is a gardener, she will love the experience. And I know that we're talking about trees and the awakening up of trees. We've heard stories of cherry trees blooming earlier and seeing the canopy of blossoms that are on there. And soon, ours will be opening too. Uh, One of the uh, items of the shrubs category that opens up, I mentioned a couple weeks ago, the forsythia is a favorite with the uniqueness that it actually flowers first 
in this bold yellow and then the leaves come on. So right now we've been working, uh, yeah, I'm building muscle this week, pulling out trees, stalking them and doing creative pathways and getting some landscape inspiration happening here. So we'd like to hear from you. Let's go on this journey together. It's Mother's Day. Let's celebrate it by talking about plants. We're going right to the lines. Marie is on the line. Hi, Marie. Hello. Hi, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. And where are you calling from this morning? Happy Rock. Where is Happy Rock? Gladstone. Oh, wow. <laughs> I've never I've never heard of... You know what? That sounds like such a great place. <laughs> well, it is. Even though it's a rock, it sounds happy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I was just wondering. I I'm not on the internet or anything like that, and I yeah. was wondering. Uh, I was wondering about what could you tell me about the um, perennial plant or flower uh, called astilbe? Astilbe. Yes. Yeah, it's tomato, tomato. You know, it's how the interpretation of how you say that. But astilbes are beautiful flowers. It's almost reminiscent of. Um, like if if you equated it into sort of being like a um, a col- um, uh, like a celosia bloom, like on the top, you know. Okay. Like, you know, celosia has these tall spires yeah, yeah, that come yes, up yes. through the base of them. Yes. They are probably a uh, plant that will go shade to sun. Um, it prefers probably the early morning sun or the afternoon sun aspect of it. Okay. Um, I find that if you place them in a too dark of a location, they probably don't do as great. Okay. No, this you know, one, it, th- yeah, this one will be in the from morning till till, or I mean, uh, noon time till late uh, evening. Okay. Just make sure that the ground is uh, kept a little bit on not not soggy, but okay. that you have consistent watering habits for it. Have you planted it, or you're just thinking about planting them? Well, I have the plant. I just want to know how to. <laughs> You know, where to put it and how deep and stuff. Yeah. Well, always match up your root ball. Like, don't plant too deep. Okay. That's on it. Match up your ground level in the pot to what's in your matching in your garden. Okay. Some perennials can be planted a little deep. Uh, Astilbes don't plant them deep. They could rot out very fast that way. Okay. 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 Yeah. So So, uh, can you use it, like, uh, for uh, cut flowers or anything or not? I would. Okay. Beautiful. The stemming is a little bit stiffer that's on there, so you can cut it. You could probably even, I've never tried drying them. Okay. But I can, they could probably, because um, they actually get to the part where, you know, even hydrangeas, uh, they get that dry, brittly feel afterwards. Uh, okay. It's like that. And the color palettes that you, what what variety, can I ask you, which variety did you get? Well, it's a red, a red one. Red fennel? Uh, just, well, it just shows red on the box. It doesn't say what the name of it is. Oh, okay. They're beautiful plants. Low foliage, but very full, almost like a celosia look bloom on the top. Okay, that sounds great. Yeah, and okay. some of them, if you're lucky enough to find some, some even have a little bit of a scent to them too, which is pretty. Okay. Okay? No, this sounds, this sounds good. I just want to know exactly what you thought of, uh, of the plant or the, this type of flower. No, I love it. And if you go into the category and when you visit your garden centers, I want you to all investigate and see and maybe we'll put out a challenge and plant a plant you've never planted before. Because um, some of these astilbes too, actually I can't remember the name of it, I think it's in the Color Flash series, where a lot of the plants that we're growing are green-leafed. 
and in the color flash series, if I've got this right, is there's actually color tones in the foliage itself to like a bronzy red to a oh, deep green. So sounds, there's sounds nice. It is pretty, very and now, pretty. And now for uh, for plants around like a white uh, petunia would look good, like planted around them. If you like white petunias, I'm not going to tell you it's wrong. <laughs> if you love it, you plant it because it's something that you've created. Okay, like a, okay. what would you suggest with the red? With the red be? With the red astilbe? Yeah. You, oh, you can do red. You can do white. You can do purple. Or oh, you okay. can go blue. Um, okay. Even yellow. Okay. <laughs> yellow would be awesome, and there's some beautiful uh, yellow petunias out there. Yeah. Okay. That sounds great. That that sure helps a lot. Okay. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you very much. You're very welcome, Marie. And have a good day. You too. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Bye. I know. Okay, bye. I know we're going to go. Parker, we're going to go a little bit later. I think we have a lot of people on the line, so we're going to delay the first break, if you don't mind. We're going to go right to Heather. Hi, Heather. Hello. Good morning. Um, And where are you calling from? I'm calling from Stonewall. Stonewall. Well, It's just outside of Stonewall, yeah. (laughs) There's a little bit of a theme here. Happy Rock, Stonewall. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. No, um, okay. How I have a question. Um, I have uh, some uh, mature uh, asparagus. I've had them for quite a few years. Yeah. Um, I can't beat the grass. Last year, I was down and determined to get the grass out of them, and I tried and tried. And this year, when they're coming up, the grass is beating me. Okay, so I want to know how and can I transplant them, and when's the best time, and can I put them in garden boxes? Um, asparagus itself, yum. I, I will admit, uh, we have some asparagus growing in pots in one of my back greenhouses. And as I check the morning crops, I cannot help but snapping a few tops off. They taste so good when they're young. I know, right? Yeah. yeah There's such a delicious food. Um, mm-hmm. what you can do is if it's overrun by weeds, because grass, yeah. grass, grass, mm-hmm. like, is it a grass? grass? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah diligently if you're going to lift them up and split and divide sometimes when you're lifting them going um sometimes a lot of the grass roots can be very rhizominous try and pull as Mm -hmm. much as you can out on that right and Mm -hmm. if you're going to go to the point where you're going to be very diligent sorry very diligent on that if you can do um rather than doing a clump that's like 18 inches by 18 inches and if you know Mm -hmm. that you need to divide it do smaller chunks and try and see if you can pull as much of that grassing out of it. Okay. And mm-hmm. uh, growing it in a different portion of the garden, which is cleaner, is okay. good. But then you mm-hmm. have to be diligent on getting that grass out as soon right. as you see it. Right. Okay. It, back in the day when I had um, like full full strength Killex and that kind of stuff, and I did yeah. it when I was not harvesting. I used okay. to put uh, rubber gloves on with a little cotton ball with a little uh-huh. bit, and I used to just take the, the, the big blades of grass that I used to do, and I just kind of squeeze my cotton ball on top of that. But you've okay. got to be careful that you don't yeah. get anything else, right? Right, um, yeah. But never do that when you're harvesting. Um, no. But uh, Killex won't do grass, so will it? No. Kill grass? Kill- no. Killex no. won't. If, if I do full strength, it sometimes, sometimes in okay. my experience, weakened mm-hmm. it. And mm-hmm. when you weakened it, and then I fed the plant really, really well, it's encouraging rapid growth. Mm-hmm. You could do it yeah. if, if you had um, other things lying around. You could probably do yeah. something like that. But, yeah, um, I'd rather not. But yeah. yeah. So 
so would you transplant it like after, um, like in the fall, like take it out and transplant it because you want it, you want all the, um, little furry things, uh, the the ferns on the top to grow and all that first. It would be a fern, it would be a fall crop because normally when you're doing your transplanting and you're doing your lifting and dividing, what you want to do is it is a spring crop. So you do not do your, you do not do your, um, harvesting or lifting in mm-hmm. the spring because you want okay. that spring to produce right mm-hmm. okay all right so that would okay. be a fall mm-hmm. thing that i would probably do and okay. the other thing is in a window box or a container box our winters are very very harsh you probably That's find that it, it won't survive yeah 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 okay I, i'm just yeah i'm gonna have to do it and uh, just be more diligent yeah <laughs> like you you try to work on it, and then I think the grass comes back with vengeance. <laughs> like, you know what? what? Every time, yeah, and the thing is, with some rhizominous root, rooting systems, if you pull and snap one, it seems to make more Yeah, uh, that's on it. Yeah. But I think if you're, going to go to the, you're, if you're going to go to the task of lifting it, like mm-hmm. is it a huge clump? Yes. <laughs> okay. I would then probably divide it, and if you're going to go that way, even at some point when we're harvesting and lifting some roots, you can, if you want to be really hardcore on it, lift a chunk of it that you want to save, mm-hmm. rinse off the roots, and clean mm-hmm. some of that off, and then replant it. Okay, that's a good idea, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'll be doing it. Take your time. Have some lemonade yeah. beside you while you're doing it, because it will take <laughs> yeah. time, but the benefit of, of trying to make it a clean root again Mm-hmm. It's probably rewarding. But then yep. once you've got it clean, don't let them come back, okay? No, I won't. And then it, <laughs> might, it, it might take, what, a year maybe to establish again, two or, one or two years? Yes. Usually yeah. if you have an interruption, that kind of stuff, we usually like to say, especially with uh, asparagus, um, yeah. I, I like a two-year rule. Let the yeah. roots and the foundation grow before you mm-hmm. do your harvesting, okay? Yep. Okay. Thank you very right. much. Okay. You're okay. very welcome. Take care. Yeah. Bye-bye. Take- Take care. It's Mother's Day weekend. There is a, uh, nationally, we know that it is Mother's Day weekend. But did you also know that there's some worldwide events and festivals and weird things and fun things that are also considered national days? And of course, today, being Mother's Day, it's International Hummus Day. Yeah, not very exciting. National Crouton Day. It's the Babysitter's National Day. It's the World Cocktail Day. Maybe that's for later on uh, to celebrate the moms. But did you also know that it's National um, Naked Gardening Day? I, My mom, I think she saw this posted somewhere. Good morning, mom. And she had a little bit of a giggle and she said, did you know about this? Yes, but I didn't know that it snuck up on us really close. So it's not to say to do it. But <laughs> it's something that's out there. It's Mother's Day and it is Naked Gardening Day as well. I thought that was a bring a little bit of a smile to your faces as well. Yes, and the smile is also looking at our gardens and seeing the emergence of things growing. Uh, just this morning, I see in my little bit of a shadier garden uh, that, yeah, shady in the morning, doesn't get sun till about probably... I'd probably say around 1 o'clock when it gets a little bit of a peak of a sun from underneath the lilac tree. The peonies are coming up. The rhubarb, it's been up for a while. It loves the cooler weather. 
So have you walked about your garden yet? Have you started peeling back some of those dry leaves and awakening those roots? Yes, I think it's gardening time and it's grow time. So the investigation starts with pulling back, cleaning the garden, raking, thatching. Maybe you're going to be doing a little bit of overseeding of your lawn to get things growing. I love adding that extra grass seed at this time of year because you get that little bit of that morning dew on the lawn, which is going to help you keep moisture on your grass seed. Because remember, a general blended grass seed will have a mixture of three types of grasses, which should be maintained and well watered and kept moisture on them for up to 21 days. There's so much to do. It's spring. It's gardening time. The lines are open, 1-800-374-3315. I'd love to hear from you if you have any garden questions or anything that you need care for. We can grow together and we'll learn together. A few things that are sort of targeting, we know that the trees are coming alive with the green that's in there. If you were a little bit too late doing your dormant oil lime sulfur mix, because that should have been put on before the buds opened up, a little bit too late. That's on there. There is one thing that you can do in prevention for what's going to be coming up. And uh, some people have been inquiring because soon the apple trees and the cherry trees and everything are going to be opening up into blossom. I cannot wait. It's beautiful when it happens. Down the strip by us, there's a few hidden Saskatoon bushes that are in there. That's a true sign of spring for me when I start to see the white blossoms happening. Now, for your apple trees... They're going to be leafing out, and this is a reminder to maybe if you're out and about and you're at your garden center, look for your apple magnet traps if you don't have it, or if you need to redo and get some of the uh, lures to get them going, or if you need to get some of the sticky paste. And uh, mom had it on her her calendar or her garden uh, journal, yes, and she even mentioned that if if you have a garden journal, Maybe you should actually mark down Naked Gardening Day in there as well for a reminder. But the apple magnet trap thing came alive and she said, is it time? Well, normally you would put them on uh, just as the blossoms are going through and before they're falling off. Because when the flower is forming, that is already the call to action that fruiting will come next with proper pollination you will then get the formation of the fruit that's happening. And what you want to do is the apple magnet traps are going to be a lure. Yes, it comes with a little bit of a a lure that's in there that allows you to have almost like a pheromone that sort of says, come on over this way. Don't go to my blossoms that produce the fruit. Come this way and get stuck on my sticky paste so that you don't affect my apples. So you want to be able to assemble them Put your sticky paste on them. Use the lure. They come with a little bit of a lure that's on the top of it. And I like to say, generally, don't hang the lures at the top of the tree. Hang them at the lower portion of the tree because the maggots are going to be flying up. Sorry, the flies are going to be flying up. And they're going to be laying their little maggots in your apples. So that's when you basically open your apple and you see all these sort of trails and brown markings throughout it. Um, yeah, not not too great that's in there. All right, so let's get rid of them. All right, we spoke about the apple maggot traps. That's one thing. 
The other thing that is call to action too is driving out and about. Yeah, we're out doing some uh, assessments of things and getting ready to be out there landscaping. We are seeing a lot of issues with rusting of trees, whether it's your spruce trees or your evergreens. This is that browning, brittle effect that you get. Now, there's different scenarios that may have caused damage on your evergreens, your junipers, your upright cedars. So the call to action right now is water. Water is key. And you're going to say, why are you asking me to water if I got two inches of rain just with that storm and the hail a few days ago? Well, if you're in an area where you have fast drainage, maybe the Brandon area where you don't retain moisture as longer, you maybe want to add that little extra water. And of course, if we're dry now for a spell, adding that additional water helps. The trees have sat for so long in a dormant state. They need that push of fluids to go up their bark to create that feeling of opening up those leaves. And the same thing is with our evergreens. It's kind of amazing, isn't it, that you think that those evergreen sort of waxy cells stay there and that they hold moisture. Yes, they do. The buds are going to be opening and you want to give them as much energy as they can to give that in there. Now, what caused this damage? Well, if you wrapped it up with burlap, maybe the burlap was left on a little bit too long and things warmed up. Just think of it as a nice little teepeed home that's in there that warms and keeps it going. Maybe it was put on too early and the cells of the tree didn't hit their dormancy because they stayed warm and cozy. And maybe there was not enough moisture put in the ground prior to winter coming. The other effect that you get from it is the sun reflection off the snow that causes the cells of the evergreens and that to open up. And then you get the cold winds that act like a desiccant that pull that moisture away from it. And that's a clear indication because look at the snow level. Photos have been coming in at, with the sort of the inquiry, why is the lower portion green and the upper portion brown? The first question is, how high was your snow level? Oh, the snow level is where the green and the brown hit then you get the reflectivity. Now, if you have severe damage, I don't know if it's going to look pretty good for a while. It's going to look a little awkward. If you have little uh, snippets and tucks of browning that's in there, water and wait and see if new bud growth opens. If it's a younger plant, you'll be able to see that as the new growth comes, it will kind of disguise the other stuff behind it, but it is a waiting game so much to do. It is also the time where we're giving moisture to our trees. It is also the time that is great to get out that Ross root feeder, which we either use as a fertilizer down into the deep roots, or we get that moisture pushed down rather than watering the lawn and around the drip line. The Ross root feeders are actually a large probe that you can push into the ground at the drip line and give some moisture down below. A nice steady, slow drink is what they need. Fertilizing is now an action that you can start. 
with the regime. Look for, if you're doing trees and shrubs, look for your ratios of your trees and shrubs. If you're looking at getting your evergreens and your junipers, yes, hydrangeas, dogwoods, and azaleas too would fall into the category of using a fertilizer 30-10-10. I know 30-10-10, and when I started in this, I'm like, 30-10-10. I'm going to date myself and say, my dad used to have a box of muric acid tucked in the garage, and I knew it was branded 30-10-10 was the muric acid that we always put on our evergreens to give them that acid-loving sort of boost. It gives that nutrients for that vigorous growth when we are in such a short period of time frame that you want them to get growing. And don't be scared if it ends up getting 30-10-10 a little bit on the lawn or if you get a little bit of 30-10-10 on your spireas, that's okay. All right, but we do have targeted ratios for doing your trees and shrubs as well. Giving a little bit of granular fertilizer, waking things up, putting a little bit of added compost to the gardens, just allows things to get going. Now, if we've switched into other categories where we could take in perennials and all that kind of stuff, wow, the conversation keeps going. It's time to celebrate mom and what a better way to do it by giving a gift of a plant, a tree, uh, flowers, the simplicity. I know that uh, rose bushes are really a beautiful thing to give if there's room in the garden for putting it. And when we're planting our trees, just another little reminder that if we've planted our trees and shrubs, if you're thinking of planting a tree or a shrub or anything this year, remember to put in some transplant fertilizer into your uh, the hole that you're making for when you're planting or uh, the trees especially themselves there's targeted there's a couple products that I should mention because it's gardening and we want the best performance out of our plants is um, using transplant fertilizer or the capacity of using there's one product called Mike which is a mycorrhizal that's targeted on a few categories would allow stimulation and growth of roots and rhizomes so we can get things going a little bit. Uh, that is for newly planted items. There's another product which I truly love because I can use it during the original planting state or I can use it for remedying plants that are already established and that's um, root rescue. Okay, sorry I was almost going to lose that out of my brain here for a second. But the root rescue it actually goes into a larger capacity where I think it uh, has over 15 different species of mycorrhizals that are in it that form um, this relationship of creating the root systems of trees, shrubs, and evergreens. It helps establish new roots, which is what we want, right? A good foundation is a good basement that makes the house stand strong. That's the purpose of creating good rooting systems. We're going to go right to line. Sandra's waiting. Hi, Sandra. Hi. Hi, good um, morning. Have, good morning. I have a question. I planted lilies, about 75 to 100 of them last year. They are, when I look at the root, they are the size of a dime. Are they going to produce anything? Lil, the, the lilies? Like the bulbs? Yeah. You, you planted yeah. bulbs? Yes, I planted bulbs. They were nice big ones. And now that I uh, spring has come, I was digging around to see what was there, and they're only at the size of a dime. 
And how old were they last year? You planted them. Did you? Did they come to a flower last year, or did you plant them late in the season last year, where they were just a bulb form? No, they came to a flower. They came to a flower. Okay. Interesting enough, because as you're going through lilies, when you plant them, if if you said you just planted them last year and they still look like tiny, tiny little ones, I'd say that's a small bulb. It may take a little bit of time to generate into a larger form, but if you planted them last year and they grew into a flower and now you're seeing what's at, what's existing now, those may be little offsets that you're looking at and not the true mother bulb that you had last year. Okay. Okay? So if it's a smaller size, it's probably a little offset one, and you're going to probably find that you're going to have more of a cluster of lilies this year. Okay. Okay? Just... In certain do I have, categories. Sorry, go ahead. Do I, fertilize, do I fertilize them at all, or? Yes, yes. If you're, if you're, is it a new garden bed that you put in new soil with like a four-way mix, or is was it existing one of a garden that's been there for a while? It's a garden that's been there for a while. Yeah, if it's been there for a while, soils need to be replenished with nutrient value. So you can either add some compost to it, you can add um, manures to it, or if you want to go into some of the fertilizers, you could do a liquid application of fertilizer as it's actively growing. Okay. Okay. And just remember this too is um, I find that lily bulbs and certain other categories of bulbs, if you planted them at three or four inches uh, one year, about a year or two later, you're going to think, where are my bulbs? They have a natural tendency to set and go a little deeper. Okay. Okay? So I'll just leave them and see what comes next. Yeah. 75 to 100. Now, I, I, you were all envisioning this. Like, I'd like to invite you to just think of the garden. We're just, think of Sandra's garden. We're walking up to this garden and just see this vision of 70 to 100 lily bulbs. My jaw just dropped. What colors did you plant? Every color I could find. Oh, you know what? I'm I'm smiling even more because that's going to be so pretty. <laughs> well, so last pretty. year when it was open, it was beautiful, and this year, like I'm I'm just hoping it all comes back. It it should come back. The only thing you have to be watched for, and if it's diligent, is the li- lily beetle. But the past couple of years, we've been hearing less and less stories about them. So maybe mm-hmm. the cycle has gone a little bit, but just be diligent because we want you to have that beautiful, glorious lily garden. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I would love to see a photo. If you can take a snapshot and share it with uh, at the, um, we can get to our online uh, website here on the Golden Salon Garden Journal at Golden West CA. So send us a photo. We'd love to see it. Okay, then. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. You're welcome. And happy Mother's Day. Same to you. Okay. Bye-bye. Can you imagine? Let's take a walk. Right now, you're grabbing your coffee after the show. Walk through your garden. I know there's not going to be very much there, but think about what is going to be there. Think of the potential of what's there. It's absolutely gorgeous. Envision it. Well, everyone, I hope you enjoy the Mother's Day uh, weekend. I'm going to say it's a weekend because I don't know which day you're going to celebrate with it. And remember, it's Naked Gardening Day. 
And with that, here's a little bit of a whimsy. I hope you laugh. They said it's Naked Gardening Day. Throw off all your clothes. Go plant yourself some vegetables. Whoops. Mind yourself on that rose. So I threw my vest and pants and socks under a shady tree. I danced around my gooseberry bush, landing, dancing, swinging free. Then with sirens wailing and flashing blues and toes, the Carmethian police arrested me for not wearing any clothes. I said, but officer, don't you know, it's naked gardening day. Don't touch, don't talk such man to me, and put your clothes away. So I'm off to spend the night inside with just a little trowel. Could someone please go around my house? Fetch me my pants. They're right next to my trowel. <laughs> Happy gardening day. Don't make it a day, a day, but just have fun. We'll be back next week on the Lawn and Garden Journal. Bye-bye, everyone. <laughs>